the way I reframed my relationship with failure is I lowered the bar of what success actually was. And I said, hear me out. A lot of us, we think, you know, failure is not accomplishing something. I think for most of us, it's something not going the way we think it's going to go. The pain of that failure, does it ignite you or does it crush you? Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your co-host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. We bring you seven episodes per week to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another episode of Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode. It was episode number 1,332. The more you put yourself out there, the luckier you get. Today, for episode number 1,333, how to reframe your relationship with failure. I'm trying, one of my main focuses, Alan, you and I have talked about this many, many times. I don't want to lose sight of what it was like in the beginning of this journey, Mm -hmm. where somebody would be on a podcast, and the reason I'm saying this is because I did this. Somebody would be on a podcast, or I'd be listening to something, and they would say, failure doesn't matter. You have to take the lessons out of your losses and move on to the next thing. Failure is, you know, it never happens if you keep going and all that happy jazz. I love that. That's a level one awareness, Right, that's really good. I, I appreciate that. That's motivational. That's inspirational. But if I don't have any belief in myself, that doesn't matter to me. Thank you for that breakthrough of failure doesn't matter. Thank you. But it matters, let's put it this way. Failure matters to you 1,000% if you assume failure is final. And if you think that me failing on this episode or me failing in, on this test or whatever it is, on this question, that's final. So I was on a podcast the other day and this person said, what were some of your failures and how did you respond to them? And I said, well, the, here's the interesting thing. If you ask me about failure today, I do tend to get the lessons from the losses pretty quickly, but I definitely still have times where it sucks. I'm still not happy to, to deal with failure. And this is what I said. I said, Alan and I had an opportunity to do a staff training in, oh, a, no. <laughs> in, a, in a small town in Wisconsin. I don't think it was a small town. It was actually a pretty large town. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah. The, one, the biggest, the, maybe the biggest city in, in Wisconsin. And we were brought in to do a staff training. And I said, we did three speeches that day and we went to the staff training. And I said, I knew immediately when we started this that we were in trouble. I knew in real time that this was going to be a fail and we were going to, it was going to be bad and it was going to be really hard and it was going to suck. Tough L. And she's, yeah, it was a tough L. It was a tough L. And she it was said, one of the, harder, of the harder L's. It was one of the harder L's. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, what did you do? And I said, well, she said, how did you know it was going to be a quote unquote failure? And I was like, honestly, we weren't as prepared as we needed to be. The whole day was, it was just a very packed day of, we just gave three speeches. We had never given this presentation together. We're in an auditorium that isn't really, or we're in a a library that's not really set up for us to be giving presentations. Definitely there was a buffet going on. So it's like the odds were kind of stacked against us here. And I said, once I said it was Alan's presentation, I was just there to kind of supplement. Once he started, I was like, Oh no, Oh no, we are so Jeff. So I'm counting down the minutes 
in my head of like, when is this going to be over? Because I need to be done. We wrap up, we get a handful of hand claps, I'm sure. And then we're walking out of, I'm, yeah, it was brutal. We're walking out of this library and you might as well be walking <laughs> after you just lost the biggest game of your career. And you're like, everybody's looking at you, but your head's kind of down and it was brutal. So we go back into the green room. We end up going and talking to the principal and the wonderful Bobby Joe who invited us. And then when Alan and I left, we just sat in the car and we just started laughing hysterically. <laughs> so when I was on the podcast, this person said, like, what, how did you reframe your relationship with failure? And I said, well, it didn't start with that. It didn't start with that massive failure. That was a very big quote unquote failure for us. That was tough. Yeah, I was definitely questioning like, oh, geez, I don't, I don't know if I ever want to speak at a school again. You know, we had those conversations of, I don't know, should we do any of this again? And I said, it didn't start there. It started long before we ever got an opportunity like that. It started with very small things where I would try to create a, a teaser clip for social media and I would fail and I couldn't figure out how to do it. And then I had to go research how to do it. So the the way I reframed my relationship with failure is I lowered the bar of what success actually was. And I said, hear me out. A lot of us, we think, you know, failure is not accomplishing something. I think for most of us, it's something not going the way we think it's going to go, which is never really, it never does. This episode's not going the way I thought it was going to go. I didn't even know I was going to tell that story. Mm -hmm. It's going differently. So I said, when- but here's the key. Is it going better or worse than you thought? I don't know yet. It's too early to tell. <laughs> it's too early to tell. I'll but tell you that's the, the question, which I yeah. think is important. Yeah. Continue before I take you off the rails. Yeah. Don't take me off the rails. Mm -hmm. USOB. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What I was telling this person is long before that, I know that's a great story and I know it's funny and I know it probably sounds if like if I was in that position, that would be the worst. And I agree hundred percent. It's brutal. But that was the 1000th time we've had a failure. That was just the biggest one. And the contrast between that failure and the next biggest one probably wasn't that big. And we've had pretty large failures between, oh yeah, you know, where we were before and where we were there. So I said, what I think you have to do is you have to redefine what success is and you have to redefine what failure is. And you have to understand that the perspective of even if it doesn't work this time, it's not the end. It's not as, and again, I know this is logical and not emotional, but it's not as big of a deal as you think especially if it's behind the scenes and it's just you that that level of most of our failures are going to be in private long before they're in public. So when you do get the opportunity to be in public and you fail, you've already failed a thousand times behind the scenes. This is why it's so important to make sure that you're trying to live or at least you're trying to push outside of your comfort zone when you're by yourself, because that's where you're going to make the majority of your mistakes. Genuinely, how many times have you and I been talking behind the scenes and we're like, ah, I don't know if, if this episode is going to work. I don't know if this story is going to work. You and I failed before we actually mm -hmm. presented. Mm -hmm. And then we decided, yeah, that's not, that's not the way to go about it. So the simplest form, and this is what I talked about on the episode, and this is what I want to talk about here. You have to start, this is what benefited me. You don't have to do anything. It benefited me to say, okay, what is the actual measure of success here? And if things don't go my way, what does that actually mean about me? Because there's a drastic difference between things not going your way and you saying, I suck, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, any of that, versus I just didn't know what to do exactly this time. 
I think that's a really good reframe for failure is I just didn't know the answer. I didn't know the right answer. I didn't know the right strategy yet versus because I didn't accomplish this, I can't accomplish this moving forward. That is why when we bombed such a big opportunity, we laughed at the end. Not because we didn't take it seriously, not because it didn't hurt, because we needed to laugh to get to the point where we were able to take it seriously, where it's like, oh my God, that was terrible. And that was a massive failure. But it's not the end of the road. We're going to get another opportunity. It's not the end of the world, unless we make it the end of the world, and then we won't do it again, and we'll convince ourselves we're a failure. Hopefully, any piece of that made sense. One thing that was also really challenging, Kev, and in hindsight, I know this because I was listening to John Maxwell's book on the 16 Undeniable Laws of Communication, and he was talking about how he gave a speech one time in a very not optimal setting mm. in the middle of a hotel lo uh, lobby, and those huge pillars, man, not great. There, were, there, were, there were these big brick pillars in between me and the audience, so you want to talk about, you know, imagine you're on the phone and all of a sudden the signal goes or the internet starts to mess up. You can't really hear the other person. It kind of feels like that, but in person, but anyways, there's a lot of different ways I want to go with this. I think that, I think that in some ways I'm better at failure than I am at success. And I know that sounds weird. It all comes down to what you expect. If you expect the speech to go terrible and then it goes terrible, you're probably not going to get that hurt by it. Fair. If you expect the speech to be fire and then it goes terrible, you're most likely going to get crushed by that contrast. And this is all unconscious. We all have these brains that are literally anticipating outcomes. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to anticipate an outcome. That's what they're supposed to do. You know, that's why we look both ways before we cross the road. We, we are anticipating a car potentially coming and getting hurt. So if you are optimistic, you'll always try more things, but you'll always fail more. If you're pessimistic, you'll try less things and you'll fail less but you most likely won't improve a ton. And I have some data to bring up that, that talks about this. James Clear wrote a book called Atomic Habits, one of the best books ever written in my opinion. So if you haven't read it, I really recommend it. It will change your life. It will. But he has this chapter, I don't know if it's called Quantity Versus Quality, but I think it's something like that. He says they, they did a research study, and I don't know exactly who did it or what school or whatever, but I do know that this is a thing. Essentially, they did a study where they took a group of people in a photography class and they said, okay, we're going to split the group into two sections. Section one, you're going to take 100 photographs and you're going to try to bring me the best one, okay? Section two, don't, no quantity, just one photograph. I just want you to take one, I want you to bring one really good photograph, okay? Just make it perfect, the perfect lighting, the perfect blah, blah, blah. What they found is that the quantity group that took 100 photographs and failed forward, ended up with a higher quality photo. Mm. So if you look at the time perspective of just that training, Kevin and I were terrible. That was bad, that was brutal. <laughs> but I guarantee you, you'll see me doing a training in the future, 10, 15, 20 years from now, and it won't be brutal. And the fact that it'll be really good is gonna be based on the fact that Kevin and I learned from the brutal one. And this is the weird part. The pain of that failure does it ignite you or does it crush you? And I told Jesse this recently because I coach Jesse. Jesse's on the team. She's assistant coach of group coaching. Shout out to Jesse. Jesse. I said, Jesse, I don't care that you don't know math well or finance. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. I want to understand your reaction to you not knowing math well. If your reaction to not knowing finance is to shell up and, and 
not try to get better at finance, you're going to fail long term. If your reaction to not knowing finance is asking me more questions, more humility, be a better student, you're going to be fine. You're going to be a wealthy woman one day. That's, that's everything. Your reaction to adversity, Kev, you've had a lot of adversity in your life. A lot of it you don't even talk about. I understand. Fair. You've had a lot. You're on the higher end of adversity. I've interviewed a lot of people. You're on the higher end, particularly in this country, but in general. Okay? Your reaction to that adversity was to work harder. Your reaction to that adversity was to try something different, work harder, get more gritty, grit, perseverance, resilience. Those are your words. If your reaction to adversity was shell up and stop working, stop trying, you'd be in so much trouble. I bawled my eyes out at Kevin's wedding. I, Matt came over. He's like, you need a tissue, man? Yes. Here's why. It's Kevin has become so much of an inspiration to so many people all over the world. And it's not because he was born naturally gifted. It's not because he was born naturally smart. It's not because he was, I think you have a genetic gift for bodybuilding. That's the one gift I think, I mean, you, you're I just jacked. Yeah, I'll of course. That. I and need I to get my stuff good, together. Yeah. You know, honestly, <laughs> yeah. but. Been resting on your talent. <clears throat> yeah. But I don't think you have other insane genetic gifts that, that you've been bestowed with. Hmm. I think you're a really strong communicator and I think everything else you've just worked really hard for. And I think humility and, and grit and resilience is your superpowers. That's why I cried at your wedding. Because look at what you made of your life. With, with, you made so much out of so little. You didn't have a dad, right? You didn't go to college. You made so much out of so little. That's what inspires me. And so to bring it back to this original point, how do you reframe your relationship with failure? I, I would really rather everyone think about what is, your, what is your relationship with adversity? When adversity happens, you get booed off stage. A training doesn't go well a podcast episode your parents don't like, what is your reaction to that? Is it grind harder, dig deeper, get more motivated, get more intelligent, become smarter, try to get, find a way to get better, read another book, do a different, try something different? That, when you spent 16 hours on that teaser clip and then you had to go buy another laptop to get it to work because mm. Adobe Premiere did not work on that piece of crap laptop, Yeah, that is, that is your reaction to failure. That is why you've gotten here. And if, if our listeners can, can dial that up like you have, I know their whole world will change. Bonnie here. I just wanted to share my experience with group coaching and some of the things that I got out of it. So going into group coaching, I was not tracking any habits at all. And so now some of them have become habits. I'm happy to say I wake up, I have a glass of water without even thinking about it anymore. So now I think it's probably time to gear up. I highly encourage people to jump into group coaching. There's so much information and so stick with it and um, carry on and your life will be better for it. Well, first of all, I appreciate all the kind words and there was a lot of crying at my wedding, which I was, well, it was the wedding party. We got, we eloped in Colorado and then we had a party when we got back. Uh, but I appreciate those kind words very much. That means a lot. It's, this has always been my thought process. You know me, I like analogies. I think a lot of us believe we're in an episode of fear factor and I'll explain what all this means. And that's just not the case for most of us. I used to watch fear factor a lot. I love that show. I don't, I don't know what it was about or I just liked, I used to eat my dinner and they'd be eating like 
scorpions or whatever. And I'd just be like hammering my dinner. Like, this is great. This is peak entertainment. I am a fan of this. This is great. <laughs> but one of the things that always scared me is any of the underwater exercises where you'd be handcuffed or you'd have to like break into a lock or something with your eyes closed. Like, no, that ain't it for me. I don't like that stuff. Now, I think a lot of us think we're living life like that, where you have 65 seconds, you got to hold your breath, you got to dive down, you got to find the right key, you got to find the right lock, and you get one shot to unlock that thing. And if you don't do it, you lose. When I think what life is for most of us, again, circumstantially, it's different for everybody. But for most of us, you have a bunch of sticks, and you got to find a way to get over a wall. And the beautiful thing is, you can set the sticks up in a triangle and you can say, ah, that's not it. That didn't work. Okay. You can set the sticks up in a ladder. Maybe it doesn't work the first day. You need to find some string. Okay, we'll go find some string. Go find a vine and you can tie that up and maybe that'll be your ladder. Here's the thing. If it doesn't work the first day, you can try again the second day. It's this interesting thing where this is what I think I aspire to be able to deliver effectively. Failure becomes a platform. And I know failure, you know, there's losses in the lessons we say that. But if, say you have a desired result, zero is you not trying, 100 is you crushing it. Your assumption is failure is also zero. But say you get to like 50% and you just learn so much. 50%, it's way better than zero. And then you can take that 50% and that's where you start from next time. It's almost like you might not finish the race, but you might get 50% through the race, and that's where you get to start from next time. And then the next day, you're already 50% ahead where, where you were yesterday. That, it's like, if we could just take out, I must accomplish X amount in X time, I think that would help so many people. So many people. And then just the understanding that you, and again, I know this is logical, not emotional. My headphones just cut out. Hold on, let me fix this. There we go. I know this is logical and not emotional. There's a failure right there. There's a failure right there. And it's been Jeff, and I think it's, I need some new equipment. I'll put it on the, I'll charge it. Credit card, you <laughs> <Throw> got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's about to be another failure because I'm going to forget what I was just saying. Hold on. A lot of losses out of the, losses out of the lessons. The test, 50%. 50%, race, you're running with your feet, marathons. Life. I don't know. Well, life, yeah, no, it's it's a lot about life. Mm-hmm. A lot you of it is. You want me to go while you think? Yeah, you can hammer it. It'll come back to me. Okay. When you're talking, there's so many things that I want to make sure. Okay, I found one. All right, I watched a movie. I forget the name of it. Queen of something. It's it's on Disney. It's about the. It's a true story. I love movies that are inspired by true stories. And at the end, they actually show the real person next to the actor. It's like mm-hmm. really cool. So, uh, it's a a young woman in Uganda who falls in love with chess. And she gets really, really good, like a chess prodigy, and she practices at night, and it's a very, very poor country, so she you want to talk about adversity, it's just unbelievable. But she eventually goes to this tournament, and these chess tournaments are like in Russia and all these different places that are very uh, wealthy. And so this person has never eaten French fries with ketchup before, like so very inspiring movie. And she goes to this chess tournament at this really nice private school, and the, the coach, the chess coach, is like, listen... For, for these kids, they, there is no tomorrow for them. If they don't win this chess tournament, see these other kids, she's, you know, he's talking and coaching the, the young woman. For these other kids, you want to know why you're going to win? Because your life depends on it. Because you, you are more motivated than them. And here's why. 
the worst case scenario for them is they lose the chess tournament and they go back to their cushy lives. Mm. For you, you are more you are more motivated because this this is your ticket out of Uganda and into a wealthy country, into a wealthy life, in, to be able to go to school. You know, and, and it's such a powerful movie because the schools in Uganda are like, you know, mud and all kinds of no equipment, no electronics, no electricity. And then these other schools are all decked out, right? Wealthy schools. I've been in both poor and wealthy schools. I did some speaking at different schools. And some of these kids, they, they have, they don't have the same opportunities that these other kids have, but the kids who have the opportunities take it for granted. Mm. And so that's her superpower. I don't take this chess tournament for granted. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work smarter. I'm going to shoot my shot. Now, here's the thing. Can you handle that pressure? Because for her, failure means go back to the projects versus for some of us, failure means, you know what? It's all good. Still go back to whatever. And so there's two sides to this failure coin. And the question really becomes, does, does the fear of failure drive you or does it stop you? Kev, the fear of failure drives you. The fear of not being able to buy Taryn gifts next Christmas drives you. The fear of being broke drives you. The fear of failure, I think, drives you. Now, it stops you sometimes. Mm. And I think for our listeners, it's, that's really what it is for me anyways. It's, it's how do you reframe your relationship with failure? Does failure fuel you or does it shrink you? For me, I try really hard to take the pain of failure which is always going to be there, at least to some extent, and transform it into working harder or working smarter. And I think that if you can do that, yeah, that, that will change your whole world. That one shift, how you react to the adversity, how you react to the failure, I think that's what matters. Everyone's going to have failures. I mean, you try anything, you're going to fail. It's just how you react to it, yeah. And last thing I'll say, and this was, I don't know, whatever I was going to say, this is what my grandmother would say. It must have been a lie. If you forget what you're going to say, it must have been a lie. That's just a thing she says, so I'll throw it out there for memes. Most of our failure is not going to be catastrophic. That, that even that story of Al and I having that speech that bombed, quote-unquote, or the training that bombed, the reason that story is so funny is because it's, that's relatively catastrophic, all things considered. I mean, I have a, we have a client who is like a world-class speaker, TEDx talk, one of the best podcasts we produce, he had an anxiety attack on stage, went to the bathroom, and then since his speech ended early, everybody's like, oh, we might as well hit the bathroom. And they, everybody who he just saw in the audience came to the bathroom and asked him if he was okay. Like, that is a catastrophic failure. But now he's a world-class speaker. So he also has a very, very high level of belief in himself. But the point of saying that is most of our failures are not going to be catastrophic. Me walking up to the door, pulling it, and it not opening, that's not a catastrophic failure. It's not that big of a deal. Me forgetting what to say on this podcast episode, all things considered, seeing that this is the 1334th time or 1333rd time I've been able to do this, and there's going to be thousands more opportunities, it's not that big of a deal. That's what the understanding I'm trying to put out there is it doesn't have to attach to your self-worth. If you can logic yourself out of connecting it to your confidence, that's huge. Just here's what I would say. Last thing, and then we'll go. To Alan's point, you are going to fail. Just try to control where you fail. That's it. If you can go into something saying, yeah, this, this might be a quote-unquote failure, that's great. Just do it behind the scenes where the stakes aren't that high. That. That's what that's, practice is. That's what practice it's, is. It's, yeah. it's controlled failure. Yeah. And I think that's a really good perspective. When, pe- when 
the forest fires are like raging, one of the things they go and do is they go and burn, they'll go do like intentional burns to try to stop the fire from spreading. It's kind of like in their mind, they're like, well, this could be a lot worse. We're going to, we're going to do something to stop it. That I know it doesn't necessarily land as an analogy, but like, it's kind of intentional failure. We know this is all going to burn if we don't do something about it. Let's just burn something ourselves to make it better. Kind of. It's like, we're going to fail on purpose. So I just want to add that. All right. Next level nation. If you are looking for people that are similar to you, <laughs> they have similar core aspirations, similar core beliefs, and similar core values. If you are looking for belonging, please join our private Facebook group, Next Level Nation. We just crossed 700 members. Shout out to Amy L for running that group so well, and shout out to all of the amazing community members and team members who are in there posting every single day. Link is in the show notes. The only real failure sometimes is not trying. That's a good reframe. How to reframe your relationship with failure? What if you flipped the script and said, you know what? The only real failure is not trying at all. You'd try a lot more stuff. You'd learn a lot more lessons. Yes, you'd have some more pain, but you're going you're gonna to get a lot farther than, than staying small. Speaking of <laughs> taking a chance, <laughs> that's a hell of a transition, okay? Not bad, not bad. How to stick with something for the long run is our next meetup. It is on June 1st, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. How to stick with something for the long run is exactly what is your relationship with failure? What is your relationship with adversity? How, how have we done 1,333 episodes with massive failures? I mean, equipment failures, speaking failures, saying um too much failures, interviewing guests who didn't show up failures, me being late failures, titles being done improperly failures, show notes being done improperly failures. It is what it is. How to stick with something for the long run. A lot of it is going to have to do with this episode, which is reframing your relationship with failure. June 1st, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We hope to see you there. Please shoot your shot. Join us. And please reach out if, if this is something you struggle with. I think, I know this is one of the things that a lot of people are ashamed of. There's a lot of shame around this. If you ever need any advice on this, whatever, please reach out. Alan and I are always here. I know that we talk about how much we have going on and, I know we might seem quote unquote successful, but again, the community is what allows us to do this. And the fact that we have the most amazing NLU family in the world, we always want to be available. So please reach out, DM us, email us, whatever it is. Everything you need will be in the show notes below tomorrow for episode number 1,334. This can be a tough one. Not everyone deserves to know your goals. We've been talking a lot about family and the people closest to us and how oftentimes that's the biggest struggle dealing with the people closest to us so we're going to talk about that as always we love you appreciate you grateful for each and every one of you and at nlu we do not have fans we have family we'll talk to you all tomorrow reframe those failures next level nation Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. We mean it when we say family. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us directly. Everything you need to get a hold of us is in the show notes. Thank you again, and we will talk to you tomorrow.